At that time, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town of Judah. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. The Holy Cure of ours once said that Mary will not get any rest whatsoever until Judgment Day, because until then she will be busy with all of her children. Now, hearing that her cousin Elizabeth had conceived a child in her old age, Our Lady, who always recognizes the needs of others, decided then to go and assist her in whatever way she could. The trip that she made was long, some three days. It was filled with possibilities of grave danger. And then, once Our Lady arrived, she was away from her own home and her own chores for a full three months, doing the smallest things that she could to help Elizabeth, sweeping the floors and cleaning the laundry, cooking meals, and edifying Elizabeth and Zachary by her conversation. They say that after they ate their supper together, that the three of them would then go on a long walk and discuss holy topics. How edifying that that conversation must have been. That's what Our Lady did. You and I, however, we might from time to time, more often than not, some of us, omit an act of charity simply to avoid some inconvenience to ourselves. But Our Lady never did that. Whenever she saw a need, she quickly, with haste, and decidedly rose to the occasion. One can see this, especially in the wedding feast of Cana. She only noticed that the wine was running low, and that was enough. She hastily went to her son and told her the matter. We see it also in today's feast of the visitation of Our Lady. Our Lady herself always pays attention, and then charity urges her to forget herself in order to assist others, whether spiritually or temporally, and always for the love of God. Now that being said, as a sort of a means of introduction, yesterday I really found myself struggling to come up with an idea of today's sermon. So I spent the day reading and praying and reading some more, and still it was late in the evening, and I still had come up with nothing. So I left it all to Our Lady, who, always seeing the need, even the smallest one, always comes up with the solution. And she did. Not long after, I received a very random text. It had no commentary, no explanation. It was purely random. The text read, this could be someone's last sermon that they ever listened to. And that got me thinking. 
If I were to die today, what sermon would I wish to give to my flock? Or if this sermon were to be your last that you will ever hear, what would I want to tell you? And so it is that Our Lady helped to come up with this sermon. It's not a it's not going to be a flowery sermon, nothing fancy, just what I would tell you. You know, in Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, it says that he that is a friend loveth at all times, and a brother is proved in distress. In other words, we never really know our friends as long as things are all going well. It is only in the times of adversity that we see them in their true colors. The people of the world, you'll notice this throughout your life, never abandon a friend as long as things are going well, but should things go badly, or should his friend be at the point of death, they most often forsake the friend. But St. Alphonsus said, in their afflictions, and more particularly in the sorrows of death, Mary not only does not abandon her faithful servants, but as during our exile she is our life, so also is she at our last hour our sweetness. And he goes on to explain, because from the day on which Mary had the privilege and the sorrow of being present at the death of Jesus, her son, it became her privilege to assist also at our deaths. There's a true story in the life of St. Andrew Avellino that struck me. When he was dying, it is said that some 10,000 devils came to tempt him and the battle that this saint had to fight was so fierce that all the religious standing about his sickbed, they physically trembled. And the saint, they noticed, often turned his gaze to a picture of Our Lady as if he were asking her help. And then it was that the, the religious remembered that all during life, St. Andrew would say that at death, Mary will be my refuge. After a long battle with the devils, calm and peace came over our saint's face, and he then looked over to the image of Our Lady and made a very devout bow of his head, as if to say thanks to Our Lady. And then he breathed forth his soul into Our Lady's arms, who then took him to heaven. The book of Isaiah says that when a man is on the point of dying, this is a scary but true fact, hell sends forth its most terrible demons, both to tempt the departing soul and to accuse it before the judgment seat of Christ. But, says another saint, when the soul is defended by Mary, the devils dare not even accuse it, knowing that the judge never condemned 
and never will condemn a soul that is protected by his august mother. You know, St. Peter, before he died, it's talked about in today's epistle, he was bound in prison by chains. And those chains were meant to do just that, to bind, to restrict, to imprison. But I suppose you could say that there is one chain that always sets you free. It never restricts us. This is the chain of the love of Our Lady. Those who are bound with this chain will make great strides in holiness of life and will, mo will have a most holy death. I assure you of that. Yet another story about a certain priest who was attending the deathbed of someone who had always been devoted to Our Lady. And this man said, Father, I wish you could know the happiness that I now enjoy from having served the Mother of God. I cannot tell you the joy I now experience. This man was able to say that honestly on the moment of death when his soul was just about to go into eternity, that he had joy in his heart because he had faithfully served Mary all his life. So if I could, in my own way, my own words, recommend one thing, one topic to you as a parting word in this life, should this be someone's last sermon, what would it be? This. Stay with Our Lady. Love her. Tell her everything. Trust her even when trust seems impossible. For he who constantly and trustingly and perseveringly goes to Our Lady in life will always, no matter what the need, be helped by her. So if you can remember, in other words, that you have truly loved Our Blessed Mother and have been faithful in honoring her by your rosaries and other devotions and by often thanking and praising her, but above all else, by imitating her virtues that you will find in the mysteries of the rosary, then I assure you, you will have a most holy death and your soul will end in heaven. The Feast of the Visitation reminds us of the fact that, again, whenever Our Lady, even today, sees us in any need, she will go with haste to provide for that need. But most especially, above all else, she, our Mother, will visit us in our greatest hour of need when our soul must depart its body. I hope you'll bear with me for one final story. St. John of God, who is most devoted to our Blessed Mother, 
fully expected that Our Lady would visit him on his deathbed. He lay there for some time, and not seeing her, he grew quite sorrowful, began to worry, perhaps, and even complain a little. But when finally his very last hour had come, she appeared and gently rebuked St. John, saying, John, it is not in me to forsake my clients at such a moment. Remember always that verse of the Gospel. At that time, Mary arose and went with haste, and so she will do in all of your needs. May God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.